How's it going, guys? Welcome to the Shiro Breakfast Cast. Just yeah, the Shiro Breakfast, Breakfast Cast. Club. <laughs> Breakfast Club, yeah. We're Don't you forget it. We're going to be eating yeah. breakfast. Uh, Nick just copyrighted a YouTube channel, so thank you, Nick. Um, yeah, you're welcome. You. Kicked you're out welcome. of Shiro forever. Appreciate it. YouTube thank will you. definitely recognize my bad singing as a, a match for that song. Yeah, it's I've about, seen it. what is it, like 8.30 on, a, on Sunday morning? It's like um, 9. Oh, it's 9 on Sunday morning. Pacific, yeah. Our boy Nick has to get back to the airport, but we're doing this little summary, I guess, roundup of uh, what happened yesterday. And boy, was it a day. Yeah, boy, was it a day. It was great. Um, we had our panel. Um, that was, I mean, we, we first got things set up. It took some doing to get our booth going. Um, and then basically went straight from there. Uh, Dave and I actually went and saw Tim Kitzrow's panel. Right. Tim Kitzrow, the announcer for NBA Jam. Boom, Boom. He's on fire He's from downtown. And Nick told him to pull out his. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I asked He's him. Like, um, actually, I actually did a documentary on this thing, so I should get free subsidies. <laughs> he was like, "Whoa, hold on, buddy." I asked him if he whips out one-liners, and he caught, cut me off when I said "whip out," and he was like, "Whoa, hold it!" We gotta talk to my lawyer. <laughs> He's a really nice dude. That dude seems like he got younger from when, when he, his original promo things. Because he's like in his 60s, but he looks like amazing. He looks like he's 60. like in his his yeah. early 40s. I know. Like, I assumed he was in his 50s just because of the timeline of events, and I thought he looked good for 50, but damn, no, he's like... Yeah. I hope I'm that good when I'm 60. He's, he's, he's really taking, taking good care of himself. Yeah, no kidding. Um, then we got our panel going, and um, we were a little nervous about our panel because... Right next door in the uh, in the adjacent auditorium, the uh, angry video game nerd was having his panel, and Never so we heard thought, I mean, his was completely packed. His was packed, so we thought there's not a chance in hell that we'd have any audience uh, in ours. But we knew there were at least a few people who said they'd come to our panel and, and would show up and watch, and we we're like, okay, all right, yeah, that's cool, and pleasantly surprised to see. I would say like around 50 or so folks showed up. Yeah. Probably more than that. Probably more than that, yeah. Yeah, then we had about half the auditorium filled. It was like half the filled room up. filled, It yeah. was amazing, yeah. And, and, and we made them all sit up front with us. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Let's just pack it out in the front. And this know? is a nice, personal, cozy little... You know, yeah. it's like you go to a small concert venue, you know? It's kind of like that. The thing is that people that come to like a Saturn presentation, you know, they come for information. Like, right, they're exactly. Serious. They, they really are serious about it. Mm -hmm. You could tell that everybody was, like, really excited about a lot of the a lot of the translations and homebrew stuff that was on. They asked a lot of good questions, too. They asked a lot of good questions. Seven Shades. Yeah, Seven Shades was in the audience, like, right there. That's right, the creator of QCAT yeah, we was right there joining us. Uh, right up front, and um, yeah, everybody got to give a big clap, round of applause, and we uh, were like, and by the way, he's right here, seven days, you know. Yeah. <laughs> all, Kay was also there like too. That. So yeah, that's that was right. cool. Yep, Kay was there. Gave him some shouts out. Otherwise known as a murder of crows. Yeah. Um, gave him, yeah, gave him some shout outs because we showed a couple of his patches. Mm -hmm. We uh, we got to show off the Pluto, of course. Uh, well-traveled, best-traveled <laughs> console in the world. The, uh, the console that's more well-traveled than its owner's girlfriend. I think that console's more well-traveled than your average, like, Nintendo. <laughs> I think it's more well-traveled than anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, most people yes. haven't seen as much in the world as the Sega Pluto. So we set up the Pluto as, like, the, I don't know, like, the homebrew mm. station. We had it running, yeah. And, and seven, sh so here's a funny thing, so... 
uh, Seven Shades got to play um, his new build on the Pluto. Mm-hmm. Audi Sorley got to play Cube Cat in front of Seven Shades. Like, that was kind of cool. You on know, the Pluto, yeah. Him. There was and, just, like, a lot going yeah, on. There's a lot going on. <laughs> Funny story, Pat, uh, Pat and I, like, the, the night before when we were checking in and getting set up, Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of got roped into like a Guinness World Record oh, yeah. thing with like yeah. the largest NES. Friday right night. You guys got to talk about that. This was the G4 large. <laughs> well, NES yeah, like uh, large pad. What was it, Pat? Like Adam just kind of roped you into it, right? He was like, "Hey, you guys want to try this attempt and help out?" And I was like, hey, "Yeah, sure." I was like, "Because right. he was by the controller. I guess he was getting ready to do it himself." Right. So I was just sitting there, like, "Okay," I was just sitting there waiting, and we were just like. Because we want to meet up because we need to get the info on the Pluto. Right. So I talk about this. Hey, we're doing this work here. The temp is like, okay, why don't we just film the Shiro show while we wait over here. And we did the controller thing. We filmed each other. I did an interview and I didn't mic it up. So there's no audio from it. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that, my dude. Hey, that okay guy. Yeah, <laughs> the look on I wish, his I wish, face. I, I, wish, I wish Dave would not have said that out loud. I wish he would have said it afterwards because that guy I felt embarrassed to tell him. Yeah, yeah, well, that's just me not being self-aware <laughs> I was like Pat did you have that on you <laughs> it's a right. silent film yeah it's a silent film it's art that's cool that you guys got to be a part of that and you had to like sign paperwork with Guinness yeah like, well the then well, I didn't, Don Hancock Adam Korlick and I don't know they pulled me up to get on the D-pad yeah, yeah. and you just played through uh, 1-1 in Super Mario Bros yeah. with it right like the, the group of you on yeah the giant I, didn't, I didn't know what the what the red what the requirement was, I guess they were just trying to beat that first level. They had to like beat the first level. To like play. largest controller you no, used to, to beat 1-1 or something like be that. Beaten. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Okay, so anyway, yeah, we, we beat World 1-1, mm. and then they just had us fill out some paperwork to, I don't know, off- authenticate it. Right. Know. That's awesome. Which was kind of crazy. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. So it was really awesome. Uh, we just sat there, and we just filmed a little bit more, and Pretty much that was the Shiro show last Friday. Just a short thing of doing that. Right. Um, the the panel will be up for folks to uh, to listen to. I guess they'll be uploading it to YouTube and PRG we'll be re-syndicating it. Themselves, right? Yeah, we'll yeah, re-syndicate it to right. our channel. Yeah, we we'll record it on the tape again because oh, yeah. it'd be funny. So yeah, that's cool. Just want to once again give a really really big thank you <laughs> to everybody who showed up to the panel. If you're listening, uh, we just really appreciate you showing up. It was Absolute great. It was great to out. see anybody there, let alone large amount of you <laughs> so yeah we were all very psyched about the audience um, and I'm very happy to see that you a yeah. lot of our, our viewers were there a lot of people who we know and some people who we haven't met but perhaps you guys have uh, you know, yeah, watched us yeah. a lot there's a lot of panda love out there, there was, I think there's a lot of the questions just asking about you about panda shit <laughs> I, I got a few questions yeah. there, I was really, that was really awesome like there was so many people who were excited to see Nick and yeah. he didn't get to come last year so that was great there was a there was someone dressed up in a panda outfit I, I wish I could have found that that person and been like yo they went by the booth I said that are they really oh shit yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that. They, they kind of was just more curt and said hi. Yeah, we right saw, on. we saw G to the next level was in our panel. Right, George, um, yeah. Ian, the up. historic nerd, was there. Yep, Reggie Ian was Ferguson. in there for a little yeah, bit. Reggie. Oh, Reggie. was it? Wait, really? Ian was there? Ian, Ian Ferguson, the historic nerd, was right there. He was, like, staring right at us. Oh, Ian nice. Ferguson. No, That's you, cool. you said Ian Ferguson. Oh, not Ian Ferguson. Uh, sorry. The historic nerd. The historic nerd. Yeah. I was okay. like, Ian Ferguson? Or what the no, heck? no, wait, isn't, isn't it Ian, the historic nerd? It's Ian, the historic nerd, but Ian Ferguson is Ian. So the point is, some guy named Ian was there. There was a couple. <laughs> there was, a, there was at least one Ian present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
but yeah. Oh, yeah, a second. Oh, yeah, Reggie. My DoorDash is here. Okay, we're back. We're uh, back. We got donuts now. We got, we got donuts. Donuts for the podcast. Uh, can we get a shout out to donuts? Shout out to apple fritters. My homies, please take an apple fritter. Grab an apple fritter. I just want to grab all the other donuts that aren't that just to make you angry. <laughs> Jeez. Apple fritter for you. This thing apple is huge. This thing. It's like a bear claw and crack. Yeah. Mm. That is a hell of a donut. Huh, I just got a text saying my order was dropped off. Uh, no, actually, uh, it's right here. It's not just an app, any apple fritter. It's like a caramel apple fritter or something. It's like that. Yeah. I'm trying to... So, should we share what, all of what we're eating, fam? We just ordered some voodoo donuts, and we're eating a continental breakfast from the hotel. I got me some waffles. Featuring some coffee and waffles. Yeah, I always eat waffles when I go to Continent Hotels. That's the meta. At least my meta, you have to get the waffles if they have it there. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> I don't have them otherwise because they load me up with calories. This, this box doesn't want to close all day. I don't know if I'm like, doing it wrong or if it's just a weird box. Well, anyway, carrying that on the plane is going to be fun. Um, It'll be fun times ahead. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, I, I once carried a box of Krispy Kremes back. Uh, from a trip because where I live it's so far up north that they don't have Krispy Kremes they tried it out they tried opening one there eons ago but it was unsuccessful and they had to shut it down makes sense since Krispy Kremes are absolute dog crap yeah I, well <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Sorry. it's a thing we don't have and so we, we uh, sometimes I bring him back when I'm going trips yeah, but so this I, time I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I go on my way to be a, a Krispy Kreme hater <laughs> I don't they're gonna really get better. Like donuts. or dislike them, I think. They're, yeah, they're fine. They're fine. Just when you when you live somewhere that doesn't have a lot of stuff that other people have, you get jealous. Oh yeah, yeah. sure. I That's... guess it's kind of like a kind of like White Castle. When it when it was far away, I was jealous that everyone else had it. But yeah. when I had it, I realized uh, it's good. So going back to uh, PRGE. So um, so anyway, middle of Saturday, Seven Shades comes by the booth, and um, you know we have him playing his newest build of Cube Cat on the Sega Pluto. Which is now going to be on my thing now, so I officially have that, so yep. I'll be leaking that online when I get home, so <laughs> have fun. Actually, did he upload that online? I don't know. Uh, he's going to, but he hasn't yet. I think he's still tweaking the engine. We, uh, we got to interview him while he was playing this build where he put in the uh, uh, Peach's Castle from Super Mario 64 into right. Cube Cat. The, entire, the entirety of that opening area of Super Mario 64. Just running on BDP-1 with BDP-2 handling the infinite plane stuff in the sky and the water. I was impressed at the water because it was reflecting the clouds moving in the sky. Right. It was so not so only was it true transparent, but it was also reflective. That was really cool. We got a chance to interview Seven Shades while I was playing it, and um, and you, we'll, we'll post the full interview, edited with some nice B-roll from Patricia over here onto the Shiro channel at you some really point. Like your, you really like your Christmas music. And, um... <laughs> but, yeah, he, he told us that he, um... Had d- didn't really program before the year 2018, I think I remember correctly. Somewhere around there. And he, like, learned to program while making CubeCat. And really took it step by step. Like, uh, he would start with, okay, here's how I'm gonna get this character to move forward and backwards. Like, okay, let's try to get him to jump. And, um, kind of building each element of the game one by one while basically learning how to code and doing it on a Saturn. And it's remarkable that he, you know, 
this man's pulled that off because it's one of the best efforts uh, in, in the entirety of the homebrew scene. Home scene yeah. hey, I mean, I mean, I know another group of people that didn't know any programming and made a Saturn game all from scratch. Me too. <laughs> that would be the Virtual Cop team. They um, had one guy leading the group who knew how to program, one or two guys who knew how to program, and the rest of them were either really, really new or hadn't programmed at all. Yeah, um, so they were good at art and other stuff. Right? And that's all that mattered, yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was kind of interesting, though. Mm-hmm. That yep. sort of parallel between the indie and the actual developers, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally agreed. Yeah. We also uh, got a chance to interview uh, a couple of gentlemen from Retrobit. Uh, one about the, uh, many of you guys are aware of the Saturn pad that they're making that has two thumbsticks on the bottom mm-hmm. and two shoulder buttons uh, on either side of the back basically a modern-day controller that can play any modern-day game, uh, but it's a Saturn controller. And uh, there's been a lot of skepticism about this, and I, I want to hear your honest takes, gentlemen. We all had a chance to, uh, to play nights with this controller um, with our own two hands. Um, Pat, starting with you, what were your thoughts on that controller? I thought, like, to my honest thing, I don't... We pretty much tested it on nights again using the same setup with yeah. the cables and the cable that always glitches out and like has sync issues so <laughs> there's a lot of I would say hesitation with the with how we t- how I tested it so there's some issues that I um, I felt like it was I guess a, maybe uh, the controls were kind of weird I like the thumbstick feel but I like, I thought the gameplay played fine the shoulder buttons though were kind of weird it felt like it, you had to grip for forever and I was kind of confused on what they were doing with the shoulder buttons because there's two sets of shoulder buttons uh, but it didn't make any sense because they said, oh, the bottom bottom ones aren't bound, and they were bound. And, like, the other ones were bound to a jump a jump button, so I wasn't sure what exactly they were talking about. So there's a lot of confusion there, and I don't actually know how Knights plays as well because I'm not an expert at it. They probably could know better than I can with all the button buttons, but it just felt like it just didn't make any sense, at least to me, how the buttons were set. So, like... Yeah, it just was kind of confusing, and the grip was kind of hard. If you if you hold it by the top two buttons, it has a weird grip feel to it. Yeah, because yeah. Of the excess on the bottom, because it feels like you're holding like a, a like a cup like that almost. Yeah. And I'm I'm wrapping my fingers around the rim of a cup versus the bottom of it. It's definitely a controller where you can't hold it the same way you hold a regular Saturn pad. Uh, I know, Dave, you were uh, having some issues with the thumbstick and knights, uh, like. It well, just wasn't playing the same, right? Like, it wasn't really the thumbstick. It was actually the the shoulder triggers. Mm-hmm. I see, like, I very much see this controller as, you know, like like the Retrobit guys themselves, Rich and Andy, that we yeah. spoke to. You know, they're, they're like, I honestly think that most people are going to get this, and they're going to love it, and they're not going to see anything wrong with it, right? Right. And I agree with that. I think Because I think right, that yeah. most of those people are casuals. Yeah. Or Switch players, or... Um, they dip their foot, they dip their toe into Saturn and stuff like that, and they don't know what to look for. So. Maybe they grew up with it or you know, only played it a few times. And for somebody who's like them, yeah. really anal, for somebody <laughs> who's like really like you know familiar with Saturn games and knows exactly how they're supposed to perform, especially if you play certain games competitively. Like I don't know, Nick's really good at steep slope sliders. Is it going to perform? Is it going to allow you to do everything that you normally do in steep slope sliders? We don't know. We, we are going to get some advanced review units. Um, um, that's kind of in the works, but I mean, it re- remains to be seen. The 3D control pad was made uh, sp- specifically for Nights into Dreams, so yeah. that seemed like the most, uh, you know, logical game to test this controller out with its 3D compatible, 3D analog compatibility, and. 
one of the issues that I kept running into is that the left shoulder trigger that you can use for knights to be able to do like stop on a dime kind of mm-hmm. acrobatics is like air brakes where he's he puts on the air brakes and then just like zips around the coins and it, he does that in order to maintain the link because your your link is timed and if if you don't yeah. go fast enough you lose it right yeah well you need it need to be able to do a lot of like very precise acrobatics which are second nature with the 3d control pad saturn's oem 3d right control the 3d control but with pad this i just i literally was ham-fisted the entire time i could not I, I could not, I played like an idiot. I could not do any of the stuff that I can normally do with a 3D control pad. See, I kind of felt the same way. I felt like maybe I, I just suck at nights now or something yeah. like that. But no, yeah. it was just, it was different. I kept not doing the things that I'm normally able to do. Like right. Yeah. So like, again, um, I think the sticks are cool. I think that uh, there are certain games that it's not going to be as much of an issue on. Oh, yeah, And then absolutely. I think that there are games where I'm just never going to find something that is equivalent to a 3D control pad. Unless, you know, of course, like the, the Bluetooth options that are coming up, you know, that pair with a 3D control pad. But yeah, like, I, 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 that's the thing I want fans to be cautious about. I want them to know that the, the controller build is really good. One thing I noticed is that previous RetroBit pads, they kind of, like, shake. You, the components kind of shake inside. They're a little bit loose. Yeah. This one is very tightly built. Like, it's very tightly packed doesn't there's no sound at all like did you notice how solid it was it was very well built it's very well yeah. built so the build more well built than their yeah. usual saturn pads for sure the, 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 they feel better the, the traders feel better too like they don't it doesn't feel like as hollow and mm-hmm. non-responsive it just feels like clicky ones minus the click on it right build quality feels like. great it does absolutely sticks feel good they're they're all sensors now so i i will assume that they're going to last forever you can replace them easily and you can if replace they break them. yeah Ribbon no cable, soldering required. no soldering yeah yeah, yeah. so Bottom line, I think this is going to be great to play games on the Switch. Like Sonic Mania, I could see myself playing. Absolutely. I could see myself playing a lot of stuff on the Switch with this, and probably will. I guess um, you can see it really good for pretty much the majority of Saturn games, too. Like, I don't think I have a problem playing oh, Dragon like, Force. Dragon <laughs> right, Force. yeah. If you're just using the D-pad, you're probably going to be fine. It's just the controller is going to feel different in your hands. So, yeah, that's yeah. The, the only issue. And then I really want to try it out with a racing game like, you know, Daytona yeah. or Ooh. Sega Same. Rally. Because we didn't get... And, the thing is that I'd like to try it on a non-lag situation, like either a retro tank or a CRT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I like what I'm saying is preliminary. It could change. Like I might like it on other games, just not nights, which is fine. I'll take 99.9% of the library over one game. I don't usually play anyways, but sure. that's just my use case. But for everyone else, that right. was a different story. Like I think I want to get it so that I can use it on a Switch or use it on other games in my PC. And having that, having that flexibility to be able to use it on your real Saturn too, it's nice. It's nice to yeah. have. But I don't want people to think that this is a controller that's really designed for the Saturn. It's not a replacement. It's not going to replace your Saturn controllers. No. Uh, what instilled confidence in me was hearing the guy who playtested this controller a lot tell us that he uh, apparently used it to win for Apex Legends matches, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which is kind of funny to think yeah. about. Um, one thing that I was worried about initially when seeing it, just uh, seeing pictures of it, is I was worried about those thumbsticks being too close to each other. I was worried my thumbs were going to ram into each other, but I don't think they're... I don't think they're spaced too close together. I think they're small enough and far apart enough to where even if you've got large hands, unless you're really aggressive with the thumbsticks and they slip off all the time, you're probably going to be fine. 
yeah. if, if you're you know if you're not like super abrasive with your thumbsticks when you play games, you, you'll be fine with that. Yeah, my, my thing is, I really wish they would have a support mode for. I know it said it might be coming, but it's a maybe for virtual on and other twin stick shooters. That'd be nice. Because I think the utility, the, the the bonus side of that is, even if it wasn't good for knights. I would like something like that for twin stick games, like you know, Gun Griffin or Virtual right. the new Bulk Slash game. Absolutely, right. yeah. I for think, sure. yeah, I think, or like maybe even like even try to do with a uh, like the the dual uh, mission sticks mm-hmm. if they had something like that. But yeah. they just don't have anything about that, which I think is disappointing. In terms of changing it, the the macro to change it between digital and and three D analog. That's pretty, it's pretty simple. It's just you hold down start and B for like five seconds yeah, and then it flips bad. over. Like it gives you a little indicator light that it's in 3D, 3D mode. So that's not a big deal. Um, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of positives about it and I don't want to discourage people from getting it. I just want people to go in with realistic expectations, you know? One exciting thing that we got to see there that they revealed for the very first time, no one has seen it before yesterday, is a prototype for their new Dreamcast controller. Oh yeah. They had it on display. This is a Dreamcast controller that's wireless, has six face buttons, a improved thumbstick, and a Saturn-like D-pad instead of the really awful blister factory that is the original Dreamcast. Well, you didn't like the the cross shape that just broke your fingers playing any fighting game ever? Oh man, I mean, there's there's something fun about playing Shikigami no Shiro 2 and trying to 1cc it with a D-pad that's almost worse than the PlayStation, but... It, like, rips up your finger. Yeah, it just, like, gets under the skin. Like, literally under the skin, you know? But, I mean, I'm willing to leave that world behind. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm willing yeah. to say goodbye to that. One issue with it, and it's still a work in progress, and they, they recognize this issue that I'm about to address, is that the mold of it is really uncomfortable, especially in the back. Yeah, but I agree. they are working to fix that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks a little weird uh, in, in photos, too, like, on the back. But that's because we're so used to seeing that big bulge from the, yeah, <laughs> from the yeah. BMU. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and speaking of which, uh, it looks like that when you have the wireless adapter, it's only going to support one BMU as of now. But it, uh, it does have rumble built in, if I remember correctly. The guy did address that in the interview. Yeah, um, I see. But if you want to have two different memory cards in your controller, then you're, you're not going to be able to do that with this. Yeah. Or is it because is it because it's taking out the other slot with the rumble pack ability? They need to they need space for like the battery and for you know the other components that make the controller what it is. Okay, yeah, because I was curious yeah. if it was just a. And you're speaking of that, if it just like oh it already took priority over rumble, so it wouldn't detect the other VME, other VMU, and it couldn't display that. That I'm not sure if that's the issue. I, I really don't know. Um, and I, I assume the rumble would work in like other like, modern games if you were to play on your Switch or on your PC or something. Yeah, because I was going to say I don't really, I wouldn't mind having it be a little bit chunkier and having two different VMU ports. Right. Yeah, they they one of their wireless adapters that they're tinkering with for this Dreamcast controller is like a VMU slot shaped wireless adapter that plugs into your Dreamcast and you can put your VMU in it. It has a little kickstand to prop it up so you can see see, see what the screen says depending on where you're putting it. I assume right. it was like the 2.4 gigahertz adapters for the Saturn. It's kind of like that, yeah. It's very similar from so, what I understand. So, so I imagine they're probably going to do another flavor of 2.4 and Bluetooth. Yeah. But I imagine the Bluetooth, of course, unless they built in a VMU, that'd be kind of cool. It's still a work in progress. I pressed the guy for like, how much will it cost? When can we expect it to come out? And this is all very tentative. This might change, but he's expecting it to be priced like at around the same cost as their like other higher end controllers. A reasonable price, probably like 40, 50 bucks or maybe mm-hmm. lower or maybe slightly higher than that. Somewhere in that range. You're not going to be paying like 80 or 90 bucks for it. 
um, and it's probably going to come out sometime next year. They, they're targeting 2024 for the release for the this Dreamcast controller that they're working on, and it should be compatible with modern platforms, the Switch, PC, and whatever other platforms they're able to make it work on. Right. What if you can use it on Saturn with the with that 2.4 gigahertz controller? Now that would be pretty slick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> be, be if, if they just use the, the, the 3D controller shape but have that, right? And it, it has analog support for it, it'd be like, wow. Oh, that would be That'd fantastic. That'd be the official analog And it's got the six face buttons. So exactly. Yeah. Same yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they announced it. It's like you can also use it as a three a three D control pad. For what a kind Saturn. of stick would you say that it had? It had it wasn't the same as a. It wasn't the same thing. as a Switch. It, it was, was not the same as a Dreamcast. It, it was. It seemed like an an Xbox. Like Xbox? Xbox One. I would say that it was similar to an Xbox thumbstick, okay. a modern day Xbox thumbstick. Uh, it's not that dotted, um, you know. Um, that dotted Sand top paper. dome thing <laughs> yeah. that the other one had it's like a proper like modern day thumbstick yeah it feels really nicely I love honestly I think as much as I'm not a fan of Xbox I think they probably have the best feeling thumb pads in the game mm-hmm. we had like, a lot even better than Playstation yeah for sure we had a lot of people swing by our booth um, Sega Steve uh, was gracious enough to let us uh, share some space with his booth uh, while he was selling some games. Uh, he had a large amount of Saturn games for sale and a bunch of other video games and VHSs and such. And we had a lot of people swing by to play the two Saturns that we had set up. And one of the families that came by, uh, it was like a, a Japanese family, a mom, a dad, and a kid. And, and the two parents clearly grew up with the Saturn. Um, they were like very, very pleasantly surprised to see the Sega Pluto. Like the wife pointed to the to the to the, to the husband, like, "Look, this that's a Sega Pluto!" Like, like yeah, she was stoked. Uh-huh. She asked me if I could uh, show her the Japanese games, and she picked Twinkle Star sprites and played some Twinkle Star sprites what with good her daughter. Good taste. Yeah, right? yeah, and you could tell she grew up with the Saturn. She knows her shit because she kept trying to soft reset with ABC start. <laughs> like, and then the, the, the dad, we were talking to him, and he said that he's more of a Nintendo guy, whereas his wife is more of a Sega girl, so they get into fights about video games from time to time. But he grew up with the Saturn in high school and played a lot of Virtua Fighter 2. So naturally, we decided to challenge this uh, very seasoned Virtua Fighter 2 expert to a few matches. Mm-hmm. His Kage absolutely floored my Sarah. Yeah. Dave took the controller and got a round off of it. But, but then he still he kept got ring two out, out of he three. Pushing me out of the ring, you know? he knew how to use yeah. the ring out to his advantage. Yep. Like that was a, that was his strat, which is a valid strat it in virtual fighter. So yeah. I thought that was fascinating, though, that he that he was able to do that. He, he, he knew his stuff, and he still had his moves. So. Oh yeah, yeah, that muscle memory was still locked in. Yeah, pretty firm. Yeah, this 40, 50 year old man just completely <laughs> dominated. I didn't even try. I was like, with like, an Nintendo shirt on, it was like, come. Huh. Oh, you know, yeah, I didn't even try. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to win. You, you guys can, <laughs> you can have the W. I'm not going to try to challenge this dude. You want to talk about uh, what Sega Steve acquired on eBay for $200? Oh, yeah. So Sega Steve acquired some documents. Like a boardroom briefing folder, like full right. of like different media types. And this is for the NVIDIA graphics card that Sega went in. The NV1, yeah, yeah, that's their, right. Their first ever graphics chip, which was a quad-based graphics chip. You know, when they were all in mm-hmm. on quads. Yeah, this was a this was this was uh, to be put on the Diamond Edge uh, 3D card, which mm-hmm. was basically a Saturn that would slot into your PC and have Saturn controllers and stuff. And, yeah, and so this boardroom briefing, it goes over. A bunch of like it has like the press briefing mm-hmm. it has like different it has slides like actual photo slides that they used like on the back of the box it has a, a floppy disk we want to try to get this thing archived in some form because it's um, 
that's so, you know, important to Sega's history and also to NVIDIA's history. Right, yeah, so we're, we're working to get that, that saved somewhere, and Steve is, like, down to help with, with making yeah. sure that this is saved and archived, so that was that such a cool thing to see. It was, like, two packets. One of them was, like, a, a thing of documents, like, talking about it, and the other was, like, a printout of some PowerPoint presentation that they gave to, like, other execs and stuff, and right. there's a floppy disk that might no longer, might be no longer working, unfortunately, because there's, like, a bend in the corner of it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll try to see if they can recover some data from it, but that might not happen. Floppy disks are, are fickle. Um, but yeah, that was that was really cool to see. That was fantastic. We had a lot of folks swing by our booth just to say hi to us, which was really neat. Um, a, lot, a lot of guys we saw with him last year, a lot of guys that we that just know us online. Yeah. I got I was talking to a guy him on Discord and he called called me called us a legend. Nice. And and said Said specifically, he said Shear is probably the reason why the sound is where it is right now. And I'm like, oh, Whoa, don't let me get it to don't let me don't get don't get it to my head now. Pat's head is three times its size. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, we talked good. to a lot of great people, huh? Like we yeah. talked to Jeremy Parrish. We talked. Oh, did you? Oh, you, you guys talked to Pat and I? Yeah, we, okay, we said nice. hi to Jeremy. He, yeah, you know, he's a busy guy, but he's also very approachable. Yeah, we right talked to dude, Audi. Yeah. Audi is like we talked know, to Audi a bunch. Salt of the earth. We talked great to a game apologist, right? Nick from Game Apologist. It's good to see him. The guy that made. An eight-hour Bomberman video. Just showed up randomly. He showed up to try the Bomberman fight patch in progress that Malek was working on, and he seemed to know a lot about Bomberman. He had a nice Bomberman jacket. He knew a little bit. He knew a lot, and so I I was like, "Gee, I ought to recommend this eight-hour Bomberman video I saw to this guy. I think he'd get a real kick out of it." And then he tells me that he made this eight-hour Bomberman video. I'm like, "Oh no, you're the guy." (laughs) No way. Yeah, his name is his name is Lively Llama, by the way, at at Refixed on Twitter. So shouts out. Uh, this is probably not going to be a video, so I'm not going to, I can't show the image, but we'll probably talk about it on the Shura show sure, sure. next week for sure and recap it again. But still, very nice dude. He put a tweet, played some of the early patch for Saturn Barman fight, they had it on the Patreon at Play Sega Saturn. He was at our panel much. too, I'm pretty sure he showed up to that. So yeah, he was a really nice dude. Yeah, very, very nice guy. So that was, that was really cool to see and uh, fun to uh, meet the guy behind that eight hour bonderman. <laughs> Did you want to talk about the person that we that me and you and you and I talked to? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Pat and I briefly uh, spoke with and I mean briefly, but we both got a chance to speak with James Rolf, the, <laughs> the angry video game nerd at the uh, auction dinner. And uh, just just real quick, so there were a lot of people who wanted to say hi to him and I didn't want to like you know hound him for more than like a minute, right? So they just said hi, thank him for his videos and for what he's done. And Pat talking about New Jersey. Yeah, because he's, he, I guess I'm not going to dox him, but he's from somewhere in New Jersey. And we were talking about that because, like, he's like, oh, I'm flying to Philly. He's like, oh, wouldn't you be flying to Norwich? like, oh, no, I'm selfie. Uh, I'm, I'm in that, I'm in closer to Phil, Philly than Norwich. I was like, it's probably for the best. They never did Norwich, but it's still shitty. And we were talking <laughs> about, just talking like, about Jersey. Yeah, and I said, oh, yeah, I'm from Middletown. I was like, wait, what's Middletown? It's like, so that's how you know he's from there, right? Yeah, it's like, like yeah, in the Middletown yeah. up north and Middletown in the middle with the clown. I'll, I'll call, the clown out liquor and I was like he knows where that is like because basically for those who don't know in New Jersey there's a giant clown in on in Middletown New Jersey that has alcohol and liquor on it it's a famous sign it's been there for years and it's like a landmark there he knew about it and we were talking about that and that was really funny that he knew about that before we take off, so, yeah. I just want to talk about some of the neat items that were seen at that auction dinner there was a, a Jaguar demo kiosk and I sent pictures of that to my friend Pimpo, who you know, people who watch my videos might remember that name. Uh, she's helped a lot with research. She's a big Jaguar fan. So I sent her pictures of this Jaguar kiosk, and she told me this morning that 
it sounds like that only five of those are known to exist in the modern collector's era. I know one of them, <laughs> one of them exists. Yeah. There's this one in, uh, in no, I know, the, in, uh, in Arizona, it's called Fallout Games. There's one they at the one. store in Gilbert. Yeah. Nice. It's, nice. it's as shitty as it seems. So. There was one over in the Video Game History Museum. Oh, did they? Yeah, was it so the same Frank, one or was it It wasn't different? the same one. That's good. Okay. So they had that one, which was part of the Video Game History Museum. So we have three accounted for so Three far. accounted for. Yeah. There was also a Virtual Boy demo kiosk and um, a few other, like, light-up signs for, like, back when stores sold GameCube games. There was, like, a GameCube sign. That there was this cool up. Mario statue from the, from that Golden they sold Mario from this statue. Teleview, Fat Mario. Yeah. It went for 600 and I was so angry. I didn't, I wasn't able, I was, I wasn't put a bid into it. I think it was like 500. I was gonna put 600 in and get that because I love the Fit Sit Tell of you. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that it went to some guy that has another one. He of already it, so. he, has he said one. he wasn't gonna bid on it too. He's like, like, some guy gonna... who already has one wanted. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think he was just trying to drive up the, the price. I think and he, then he got been. nailed with it. Yeah. Because like, because you said to his friend, he's like, I didn't need that. <laughs> oh, really? That. I didn't know that. <laughs> I would have said that. I would have been like, Hey, can I just give you 600 straight for it? Oh yeah. I'll give him 100 more, and I would just take it take it home. Well, if just, you see him today. Maybe I'll look for him actually. I, he's probably by the controller. I'll talk to him. Like, hey, I saw you won that. He was hanging out with John Hancock. So if you yeah, see yeah. John Hancock he say, hey, where's your friend? Yeah, because I, I, I will buy that off him because I love the Satellaview. Like, I love Saturn, but the Satellaview is probably the coolest thing. It's crazy that that came time. out in '96. That's what they said. Yeah. That, 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 that those were distributed in '96, and that would have been well into like the Saturn's Great. life. Any yeah. closing thoughts before we take off, guys? Uh, I want to buy a Teleview now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been a lot of fun just yeah. seeing Nick in person. Oh, it's seeing, great to see you both Pat in person again. for the yeah. first time. Yeah. Hanging out. Um, it's been very, it's been a lot, you know, we've kind of all lost our voice a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm still getting you all talking about. It's a lot of talking. Oh, uh, I went to the Retronauts panel. That was awesome. Oh, yeah, and that was good. Completely, so completely unnecessary podcast. Yeah, it was awesome, too. So, yeah. Looking forward to seeing some panels today and uh, and just talking to more more people, you know. Yeah, hopefully we can see all the cool people there. If you're somehow listening to this in the future and have a time machine, come see us. If not, we'll yeah, travel back. Up. We'll be there. So. We'll, yeah. we'll be we'll be there. Just be like, hey, I came from the future to shoot you, like yeah. like Eminem. Yeah. Well, you must play Sega Saturn. It's you required. Must. Yep. You must. Hard required. See ya. See ya.